I remember being a teenager and having like a crush on a girl from another state, and I would I would write. Um, I I probably told you this before. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> and I I remember I remember I remember taking time and like write like handwriting like a letter. It was only like half a page, seven pages, but and I'd I'd like handwrite these these letters and I put them in an actual envelope you know, seal it with a stamp and send it. And then what did I do then? Man, I waited. I waited. And I waited. And sometimes they came, you know, you know, relatively fast, like three days later. And then sometimes they came relatively long, like a couple weeks later. But when they came, I'm like, oh, man, there's a response. And now we get these, like, instant responses, whether it be text message or it used to be, like, instant messenger with, like, AOL and you, ha- you, you heard your, your whole dial-up tone and all of this. And um, I mean, there all of this stuff, you know, you, you get you get Facebook Messenger now, and you, you w- emails and all this stuff. And you, we have in our mind now that when we that when we send a message, that relatively fast, <laughs> you're going to get a response back. I don't know how I don't know how healthy that is, but I just know it is. It just is what it is. Um, and I think sometimes with the Lord, um, He's wanting a, a little bit more of a faster response. Sometimes we 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 leave, and it's and it's more. We're chewing on the message, and, and I'll get back to you, Lord, on that. Um, and today, I'd like, I'd like us to just, if you're willing, um, for us to just respond. It might be in your seat. It might be up here in the altar. It could be in the back, but it, wherever it is. But, and you don't even know what I'm preaching on yet. But would you just, would you find it in your heart to take a couple minutes, five, ten minutes or so, and say, okay, I'm going to respond however the Lord would want me to respond today and you guys are all man now I can't get out of here without responding you're right hey today here's the here's the message we're in our fully engaged series it's called full it's called fully engaged faith fully engaged faith what's it look like to have fully engaged faith and I'll tell you what when when I originally thought about this series or this message it was going to be fully engaged prayer and I started thinking about fully engaged prayer, and then I and then and I you know kind of worked that way back in my mind and my heart. And I'm like, wait a minute, I, I can't have really fully engaged prayer without fully engaged faith. And then I started thinking the way my mind works with with faith, and maybe maybe you're similar. When I f- when I originally thought about fully engaged faith, I w- I went back into my archives of of my teachings, you know, because it's a whole lot easier when you at least have some place to start from, you know, like like. A whole sermon on that. Just change the title and a couple, you know, a couple different things. We're good to go. And and uh, most mostly joking on that. And so, but I went back into my archives and I looked and I was finding all of these things like like you know about fully engaged faith where you know you know, it, it, you know like step out of the boat, <laughs> right? You guys all, all know that Peter stepping out of the boat or 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 speak to the mountain, right? You know, and we're, we're, you, you imagine a mountain, whether it's a physical mountain where Jesus says you can you can if you have faith as small as what mustard seed you guys know it we're all you guys probably have it in your archives too and and you could just uh, you know speak to that mountain and it'll go and it'll toss itself into the sea or, or you remember jesus speaking to the fig tree and it withering and we're just like I'm, I'm thinking about some of these types of things or, or like conquering giants everyone knows you know we're, we're looking at the giants in our life and 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 if you're in church at all for any length of period of time you know about like like david david the shepherd boy and the slingshot and we talk. We know about those things about declaring truth, about believing and not doubting, 
punching doubt and unbelief in the face. Man, I probably have three sermons on doubt and unbelief. Man, I mean, so I was just going back and all that, and I was like, man, this is going to be relatively easy. You know, just cut and paste and kind of put it all, put it all right there, get my highlights going. And, and I felt like the Lord's like, no, I'd like you to go a little bit deeper than that. Like, like everyone's heard a repackaged sermon on, on like, believe and don't doubt, especially in our class. And I was like, what are you, what are you wanting? And I felt like he led me to a place in Scripture that I'm going to share in just a minute. But there's an aspect of faith that God was leading me to that I had no notes on, which I thought was interesting to me. I think I've always overemphasized my role in faith, like the action part, the the doing part. And then this resting in him has always been a struggle for me. I don't know about you. I'll just tell you about, about me. And, and, and it might just be me. And if it's just me, would you guys just like smile and nod and laugh at my jokes at least? But for me, man, I can, I can pray with faith and know the scriptures and believe and, and, and I can be Pentecostal with the best of them. But to just rest in him, to sit, to surrender, to, to really have my hands off at some level and to just let him, like, that part of faith I struggle with. I'll just be honest. Um, even with my faith-filled prayers sometimes, there is a missing element. And hopefully we can discover that today together. Are you guys all right with that? You're like, let's go on a journey and you guys can... I always say that you can, you don't have to believe with me. Right? You don't have to believe everything I say. But if you disagree, make sure there's Bible to back it up, all right? So that, that's just a good, so let me, let me give you some Bible. All right. Here's the main thought today. Faith is a lifestyle and an attitude that promotes the existence of God and a heart that passionately seeks him. Can we pause there for a second? Because there's all kinds of definitions about faith, and they're all true, you know, all of these, and they're all scripture. But here's an aspect of faith that I just, I was like, oh, this is interesting to me. As I was just looking at Bible, and I'm just like, wow, there's a place in our faith that sometimes we don't get to because we're just in such a hurry. Faith is a lifestyle and an attitude. In other words, it's the way I live and the way I think a lifestyle and an attitude that promotes the existence of God. We're going to come back to that. It's really interesting to me. That promotes the existence of God and a heart that passionately seeks Him. It's possible to get responses to our faith-filled prayers and struggle to be close to Him. Did you know that? It's actually possible to get responses to our faith-filled prayers and still struggle in our closeness with God. And here's the reason why. Because there are principles and truth in the Bible that still work even outside of relationship with God. There are principles and truth that are principles and truth regardless of if you are close to Jesus. That's why Matthew 7 was so critical. When people come to Jesus and 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 he says hey there's going to be many that come to me on that day in in the end at the at the final hour and they're going to say they're going to say did we not what 
prophesy, speak the very words of God. Did we not cast out demons? How many would like to see that one? I think I saw it on the History Channel the other day. Like, joking. Like, did we, I mean, right? Did we not heal the sick and raise the dead and do all of this stuff? And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. We know that there's an aspect of of our walk with God where we can, by faith even, pray some some faith-filled prayers and get some results and not have the degree of relationship with God that we would like to have or that he would like to have with you. So let's start Hebrews chapter 11, the classic. <laughs> some, some theologians call it the hall of faith instead of the hall of fame. This is where we get by faith this person and by faith that person. There's so much here. We could take forever. We're only going to take a short time. I promise. Verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see and man th- this is one of those verses that can preach this is one of those like where I, as i was first thinking about the message i'm like come on this is that place is to be able to like like faith is the title deed faith is like having it even though you don't see it faith is being able to take that truth and declare it and believe it until you see it and we're gonna push this thing through there's an aspect of that how many believe that part of it all right you don't want to raise your hand because you're like wait is this a trick question no, that's the truth. That's the truth. There's just more. There's just more. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And it goes on, he starts to talk about a couple individuals here, and then later on, there's like a whole list of individuals. It's like, by faith, Abel, and by faith, Abraham, and by faith, and, and we, we got a whole list of people. I felt like the Spirit led me to verse 6, and I camped there for a while. Can I share that with you? And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I feel like, I, I, I feel like we've, we've, we know that part. And, uh, and, we, and we attach our definition of faith to that part. And, and in fact, I had, just being honest, I kind of forgot that there was another part. <laughs> I was like, oh, wh- what verse is that? And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I, and I went to it, I'm like, oh, there's, there's more. There's more to that verse. There's, there's like a why behind that verse. It says, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And I want to tell you today why this is so important and why we all in the corporate, all, all of us at some level at varying degrees struggle with this part. We must believe that he exists. I've had some, um, actually, it's interesting. I've had probably like three different conversations this just this week about atheism, about um, agnosticism, about deism, and some of you are like, "Oh, that's great," and some of you are like, "What? What is all that?" And and it's it's I've had it was interesting that I had it this week, and then the Lord was kind of leading me to this place, and 
because if because if I were to just ask you if God exists, but by the fact that you're here in this church, I would imagine that you believe that. Atheists, if if you didn't know, atheists and atheism really just means that that God does not exist. That's what that's that's what they believe. The very definition of an atheist is God does not exist. And there's famous atheists that try to prove that and 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 thank God for some of our brothers and sisters in Christ who who study something called apologetics, a defense of our faith to be able to go toe-to-toe with some of the leading atheists in the world. There's a um, there's some people that would call themselves agnostic, which is in, instead of being an atheist, they're an agnostic, and an agnostic just simply doesn't know whether God exists or not. In fact, they say, they actually say it's impossible to know if God exists or doesn't exist is where an agnostic would be. Uh, an atheist, God just absolutely doesn't. An agnostic, it's impossible to know whether God exists or doesn't exist. And then there's this, a deist. And a deist believes that God exists, but he's not actively involved in our lives, let alone the world. He started everything and then backed off. Somebody wrote the song, God is watching over us from a distance. Yeah, there's, there's lots of that thought in life. There, there's lots of people that say, well, I'm not, I'm not an atheist, and I'm not an agnostic. I believe that God exists. He's just not a part of what we're doing here on earth. He's, he kind of started it all and backed off. That's what a deist would believe. I think as we read this verse, we sometimes, and I don't want to shoot it at you, but I'm just, I feel like it's more than just me. We sometimes brush over the phrase, must believe that he exists, because we take for granted that we believe that he exists. We just, I mean, you're a Christian, I'm a Christian, and we ask Jesus into our heart, and so we believe that he exists, and we just kind of read it and pass over. That's for somebody else. I, I felt like the Lord started saying, well, no, that, that's for us too today. The truth is, is that we may believe it, but sometimes we don't live like he exists. Can I say that again? We, you may believe it in your head that God exists, but sometimes we live like he doesn't exist. And that's almost as bad. There's a quote that I, that I like that came from a, a book called Blue Like Jazz years ago, and, and, and I've always used this quote. It says, what I believe isn't what I say I believe. What I believe is what I do. What I believe isn't what I say I believe. What I believe is what I do. What does life look like for someone who does not believe that God exists? Have you ever thought about that? What is there, like for someone that just does not believe that God exists, what does life look like for them? Well, they don't talk to him, for one. That'd be a good indicator. He doesn't exist. They don't talk to him. Um, they, they, they likely work, work hard. They live life by their own wisdom, their own knowledge. They do things by their own strength. They definitely don't make decisions with God in mind. It's just kind of live life. And I started thinking about that. You know, there's a, there's a book out there um, someone wrote one time called The Christian Atheist. And I would just propose to us that sometimes, even though we confess him with our mouth, our life, our life does not add up to that. That we live our life sometimes like an atheist. 
maybe some of you are giving me dirty looks right now. You know, 85% of Christian youth that go to college abandon their faith. Do you know that? I wonder, I wonder if it has anything to do with living like he doesn't exist. Knowing the right, right answers, but not having that heart connection with the king of the universe. I don't know. And the verse goes on and it says, it says that he rewards those who what? Earnestly seek him. I started realizing as I was just, just kind of meditating on these words and these thoughts that there's a difference between seeking him for answers, seeking him for what he can do for you, and just seeking him for him. I mean, come on. If I asked you if you prayed this week, most of you would say yes. Even if like car cut you off and you're like, oh God, I meant that as a prayer. Right? Some of you, something happened this week and you said, help Jesus, right? Like, like most of us at some point, we prayed. Some of you even fervently prayed for answers. Some of you, and I'm not, I'm not, man, I want to be sensitive to real things going on. There's sickness and disease. Some people are, are battling. There's, there's people that have, that have uh, friends and family far from him and you're praying for their souls there's there's some of us in this room that 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 we're battling um because there's because what we know by faith in finances doesn't look like it in our bank account right we're just like there's things that are going on there's marriages in crisis there's families in crisis there's workplaces that you just wish that you were out of that job but you can't like there's all kinds of things going on isn't there and some of you with heartfelt prayers like where you're pounding heaven and you know there's like, there's no way he didn't hear you. You prayed with faith. Sometimes we are seeking him for what he can do for us instead of just seeking him. Are we after the gift or the giver? There's a place in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 verse 13 that echoes this heart that I think the Lord wants. And he says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I started asking questions this week as I was preparing for this and struggling with this. Here's a question. Is he enough? Don't just give me the Christian answer back. Yes, pastor, of course. Don't, no, no, think about it for a minute. Is he enough? God, is he enough? Think about all of the things you want from him and if he said, I'll give you a choice. You can have all of those things without me, or you can just have me. What would you pick? What would you pick? I mean, you think. Think about some of the, the, those big ones. <laughs> think about, about the health issue. Think about the person that you're praying for, even to come back to Jesus. Think about all of these things that you're, that you, oh, the breakthrough that you're praying for right now, the thing that you're storming heaven for right now. If he says you can have all of that, all that breakthrough without me, or, or you can just have me, what would you pick? What do you choose? Are you seeking the gift or the giver? Are you seeking his hand or his face? What if the reward in this verse 
and I know it's more than this, but could you just go with me for a second? What if the reward, he, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What if the reward is faith? What if the reward was just him? After, after earnestly seeking him, after a heart that, that if you seek me, you'll find me. When you seek me with all your heart, after that, after whatever time that looks like, whatever amount of energy that looks like, whether, whether it's sitting still or pressing in, whatever that is, whatever, whatever it is, however it takes to get there, what if he rewarded you with him? Just him. Just his presence. Just his closeness. Just access to and some of you say, well, well what, about, what about my prodigal? What about, the, what about the person I'm praying for? He says, just seek him. What about my sickness? He says, just, just seek him. What about, what about my marriage? Just seek me. What about my finances? God, what about my finances? Just seek me. What about my bondage and my stronghold? God, just seek me. Would you just seek me? But, but if I push pause on all of that and, and just seek you, who will carry about my needs? Who will care? Who will worry about my need, God? If I just push pause on, on all of that right now, and, and, I mean, you care about my needs like, like, like I care about my what if, if I just push pause, if I just, if I put it aside and I just seek you, who else will carry that for me, God? Some of you probably have a quote hanging in your house someplace or in your Bible or someplace where it's that classic, let go and let God. <laughs> Do you believe this? Because I would just submit to us that there are at least times, if not oftentimes, that we could say, yeah, you're right, I'm a Christian atheist. I live my life as if he doesn't exist. And Jesus gave a response to that thought and that heart in Matthew chapter 6. It's interesting, this comes after the famous Lord's Prayer, right at the end. He says this, he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can you by one, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why, and why do you worry about clothes? You're saying that to me, by the way. See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you? And then what's he say? Oh, you of little faith. 
So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For who runs after those things? The pagans, the atheists, the deists, the agnostics. They run after those things. And your heavenly father, what? Knows. He knows. And look at me. He knows. He knows. Did you know that? He knows what you're praying for. He knows what you came to church today hoping to find. He knows what you prayed about this week in your car. He knows that struggle. He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows that you need them. And then he says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of his own. A lot of different definitions about faith. And the one, the one little definition that I, I felt like fit today is that faith is just trust. Faith just equals trust. You think about the situation that you're facing. You think about the thing that you're praying for. Do you trust him? Is he big enough? Or do you just trust how bold your prayer is? Do you just trust how much you know how to wield your sword of faith? Do you just trust the practice that you've had in, in memorizing Scripture and all of it? Do you, do you trust your own strengths? And man, I tell you what, I know how to pray. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm a professional prayer. I know a lot of Bible verses. I think the Lord was just leading me back to an aspect of this whole thing about faith that sometimes I miss. That sometimes I just need to say, wait a minute. I push pause on all of this. I push pause on my ability even to pray. And I earnestly seek you. I earnestly seek you. I want to give you an opportunity here to respond. This, this is challenging if, if, like me, there's times when you're just too busy to pray. This is challenging for those of you that even, like you have a prayer life, but it's a whole bunch of lists. This is challenging for all of us in this room that, that ever struggle to just pause and seek him for him. And I want to give us an opportunity here as the worship team comes and they're going to, they're just going to lead us here for a minute and I don't want you to ask for anything. I'd like you to just, could you come before him and not ask him for anything unless you're asking him for him? Maybe repent if you feel like it, it, you're like far off and or you've been doing it in your own strength and you just need to say, God, would you forgive me? Maybe, maybe that. But would you just ask him for him? Can we stand this morning?
Would you give me 10 minutes here and you you can respond however no one's going to judge you it might you might want to just stand right there or be in your seat some of you are going to find it appropriate to leave your seat and come to the altar some of you maybe want to go to the aisles or to the edges or to the back and to just make a step with the lord but listen if there's anything in this message that struck you where you're like oh Without faith, it's impossible to please God because if I come to him, I have to believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. And if there's a part of you're just like, I don't know. I think I've been missing it for a little while. Would you respond somehow? Hands raised, knees on the ground. out loud with your voice, sitting in, in contemplative reflection, confession of where you're at, well, however it is, but instead of asking for something, could we seek him all over this place right now? All over this place right now. Church, I'm just asking you to respond. I'm just asking you to respond to this right now. all over this place. Lord, we're so sorry for the times that we're more caught up in the agenda or the formula of prayer and we just miss seeking you.